0: Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we're we're finally in that post-draft phase. We, I guess we needed a few days to recover. Uh, it, it's been a while since our show. We actually have not had a show since the draft wrapped up a little over a week ago. How are you recovering from the draft? I'm doing really well, and I think it's starting to be dynasty season,
1: rookie drafts, and You kicked it off with our, we're going to get into this heavy, but our hyper active two league, the draft is already done. So things are happening on that front. I've been writing a lot for my website, williamsonfootball.com. My dynasty ranks are there. Um, And whoa, I just got a notification on my phone this very second that Mark Ingram is suspended for the first four games of the season. That happened right now.
0: Wow! Wow! That's Peds. Some, some breaking news. I I had not even seen that one yet. Um, that that will certainly have implications. Yeah. Um, Kamara Spike. Yeah, Kamara. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If Kamara- <laughs> I don't know if I can get any higher. I don't know if, exactly. I don't know if we can get any higher on Kamara. He was, he was already up there. I think he's my running back three in dynasty rankings. Maybe this makes they took the kid. Uh, I, I don't have. I don't even have his name in front of me. Who they drafted? Uh, oh,
1: yeah. I, I don't either off the top of my head, but he was kind of intriguing, too. Well, I'll, I'll find him in the meantime here.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not somebody Pick we planned up. to talk about today, but uh, that that at least makes him interesting. And anybody in that Saints backfield is always worth at least consideration. Uh, Matt, we are going to talk about some rookies today. Obviously, that's that's the uh, the topic of of all of this content, all of these podcasts going on right now. Like you said, it is it is dynasty season, and for the next few weeks at least, that means talking about these rookies, hashing everything out from the draft and, and trying to figure out how we're going to value these players now that we know their draft capital, we know their team situation, and, and I think maybe this year more than, more than any other I can remember, those two things had a major impact on rookie drafts. Uh, you look at some players and, and i'll just kind of throw myself under the bus here going into the draft Equinemia saint brown was my wide receiver two uh, and and i recognize both then and now that that was a little aggressive but certainly didn't see the fall coming the fall that he went through coming coming in advance so of, of course he falls to the sixth round and as a result, I, I definitely had to change my rankings. We had to change our evaluation of that player. And there were a bunch of others, whether it was good landing spot versus maybe a poor landing spot or a player going earlier or much later in, in St. Brown's case than we expected. Pre-draft rankings, pre-draft ADP that we talked a lot about on here and that that I've spent some time formulating Throw, throw it all out the window. It, it's almost it meaningless really now, um, and, and things have really changed. Matt, what we're going to do today is really just go through our top 12 rookie rankings. Uh, if, we, if we get any further than that, that'll be icing on the cake. We at least want to get through that top 12, what would represent the first round of a rookie draft. Uh, I know you and I have both already done some rookie drafts. I'm sure all of our listeners have as well.
1: Real quick, Boston Scott was that running back. He was a six-rounder for the Saints. Yeah, I don't Boston know if that, that moves a needle a lot for him, but, you know, it doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah, maybe it at least puts him on the radar in that in that fourth-round range, you know, end of your draft. So, yeah, that's that's crazy. I had, had not seen that news regarding Ingram. Yeah. But, yeah, let's start with our own rookie drafts. I know uh, you often hear people say that you don't care about somebody else's dynasty team. We understand that. But we also want you to know that we're we're practicing what we're preaching, let you know the moves that we're making and and how that factors in with our rankings and managing I also teams. I also think it's interesting
1: because it's so early, you know, that this is actually one that we're putting in play and actually jumping on. You know, we're both in the same league.
0: Yeah. So you and I are both in the Hyperactive 2 League, one of the ones – that I, I manage. Uh, and that draft is done. It wrapped up, uh, just earlier today, actually. Um, do you want to, you want to kick us off and talk about some of the moves and picks that you made? Yeah, this was a draft where I was basically sitting it out.
1: I had very little skin in the game. I had some future picks and I'm pulling up the draft order now. And what happened from my perspective was, I couldn't believe that Sony Michelle was dropping at the rate he did, and to me, that's that's when I get the most active on draft day. Whenever there's somebody that I rank pretty high, and he starts to fall, he fell all the way to six. You know, do you want me to tell the first five picks? I mean, while we're at it,
0: uh, sure we can do that. So the the draft kicked off, um, and and Matt and I did not have any of these top five picks. We both had pretty strong seasons in this league. Of course, it went Saquon Barkley first, Darius Guy Nick Chubb, Rashard Penny, uh, and then Carryon Johnson went fifth—a little bit of a surprise there—and then that's when Matt, you made your move.
1: Yeah, that's when I got very really active because we are going to get to our our top twelve. Sony Michelle's my number three, so I'm the. I rarely trade first round picks, future picks, but in a case like that where I think I can get. A number three player in the draft, and I had a ton of running backs. I didn't, didn't even care, Kamara, Fournette. I don't, I don't look at that th- those that way. If I can get my number three guy on the board and, and pay a number six price for it, I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, we made the deal, and I was happy to land it. And then later in the t- trade, I also got a second-round pick that I, I made a pick. We can get down the line there, too. But that's all I did in this draft with those two moves. But those were both trades to get there.
0: Yeah, so so the final trade that you made, or the full trade, I should say, uh, you gave a nineteen first. That looks like it should be a late one. It was not yours, but a, a, a first from another solid team. You gave OJ Howard, and you gave a twenty twenty second rounder. It's it's still kind of crazy to me that we're trading twenty twenty picks, but <laughs> right, uh, that's another story. That. You got the one point oh six. I think that pick was already on the clock when you acquired it. Uh, it and, was, yeah. and you took Sony Michelle, as you mentioned, and then you also had the 2.05 pick. Who did you take there? I took Lamar Jackson,
1: which I have very high and I was very happy to get him. And I'm, again, I'm not a big believer in drafting quarterbacks. High, I think he's special. I don't really love that area of the draft. There'll probably be a different podcast to talk about, but there's not a lot of picks to four and on that I'm real excited about. So I took Lamar Jackson. Um, the only quarterbacks I had on the roster at the time were Blake Bortles and Matthew Stafford. But I think Jackson has a chance to be special.
0: Yeah, and you took Jackson as the first quarterback drafted in that particular draft. Um, I, I made some moves, and I had some draft picks as well. Um, I entered the league, uh, or I, I entered the draft with the last pick in the first round, second round, and fourth round. I was fortunate enough to win this league this past season so at 112 I take Cortland Sutton again we'll get into rankings uh, and kind of breaking these players down soon took Cortland Sutton at 112 uh, it comes down to the 212 pick I'm on the clock and I get a trade offer that uh, I, I just thought I had to take as a team that's kind of in win now mode uh, I'd I moved Sutton. I moved the two twelve pick that was on the clock. That pick ended up being Antonio Callaway, by the way. And I gave a future third rounder. Uh, and I got T Y Hilton in that deal. So I like that a lot. That basically ended my draft. I had one pick left. The last pick of the draft. I, I ended up taking uh, the new England draft pick wide receiver Braxton Barrios, uh, Florida Gator, and, and now a New England Patriot. We, that was one of those picks that everybody saw coming a, a mile away, even though it was a day three pick. It, it seemed like he was destined to land in New England, and he did. So uh, I like him as a late-round target. Uh, I did follow up that deal with, with kind of a big deal, and this one, uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, honestly, but we can talk about it. Post-draft, just, uh, just actually a couple hours ago, I made a deal – I gave Le'Veon Bell, we've talked a ton about Bell on here and, and his contract situation and his, his usage, what his future holds, and, and will that even be in Pittsburgh? It doesn't look like it will be beyond the 2018 season, but I gave Bell, I also gave Hilton, who I had just acquired, basically in a move to get younger. In return, I got Kareem Hunt, I got Stefan Diggs, I got a third rounder and a fourth rounder thrown in as well. Uh, future picks for next season. So certainly some risk there. I think you have to view from Bell to Hunt as uh, as a downgrade, at least in the short term. Honestly, Hilton and Diggs not super high on either of those. So in that case, I'm going to favor the youth. And this team, like I said, I'm, I'm the defending champ. I, I Certainly, like my roster, I've, I've got a, a lot of big names there, but a lot of those big names I have are starting to get older. McCoy, I've got Des Bryant. We kind of know that story now. Um, A.J. Green and Julio Jones, Golden Tate, Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, all these guys that are nearing 30 or already on the wrong side of 30. And I just kind of felt like, especially after moving Sutton, moving my second-round pick, I needed a little bit of youth, so uh, going, going with the younger options of Hunt and Diggs, and I, I think I have enough depth to, to handle that downgrade at running back for the 2018 season. So I don't know. What do you think? Was, was that move too risky?
1: No. I, I, the more that I look at it, because I pulled your roster up while you were talking now, and you mentioned some of the names, because we mentioned this before the, before the conversation, and I said, well, Bell's my fifth running back. Hunt's my seventh. Hilton's my 12th receiver and Diggs is my 15th, and so therefore, I thought you lost those two straight up, and yeah, you got a third, yeah, you got a fourth, but that doesn't move the needle in a big deal like this, Right. but then you look at your roster, which I always, you know, we always tell people that's important in Dynasty, and like you said, your running backs going into this were Dante Freeman, Devontae Freeman, LeSean McCoy, Ty Montgomery, and Bell, like, that could get old in a hurry, (laughs) so Now you got a second year dude in hunt that you can ride for the next five years or so. That in itself makes the deal worth it to me.
0: Yeah. I had really the exact same conversation. Uh, You know, anytime you have these big trades, you, you reach out to a a person or two just to get their feedback. I reached out to uh, Curtis Patrick who, who we're going to have on the show again soon to talk about some of these rookies reached out to Curtis. He said the exact same thing. Once he saw my roster uh, he, that was kind of a game changer for him. It, it changed mm. his mind on the deal. So the, your your team and and that relationship or that uh, that context is, is is always important. It's hard to judge a trade just in a vacuum. And you have nine <clears> thousand receivers on this team. Got a, got a lot of receivers. <laughs> that, that won't be a surprise to anyone. No. Um, wow. And I've this is actually the the fourth rookie draft that I have already um, either completed or have underway. So I'm I'm just going to run through a couple of my other picks before we dive into rankings here. Yep. This was hyperactive two that we talked about. Also hi, uh, had hyperactive one. I had a couple first rounders in that draft uh, at 1.08. You'll like this, Matt. 1.08. I take Sony Michelle. He Get fell out of here. He fell to the eighth spot right in my lap. 1.11. Calvin Ridley, uh, that might surprise some people. I've I've spent a lot of time lately questioning him uh, through this whole pre-draft process, but I take Calvin Ridley at eleven. After that, I just had a couple fourth rounders. Uh, I took uh, Edmonds from Arizona, uh, small school running back, kind of like that spot for him. He's he's one injury away from some big big playing time, and Jordan Lasley with the four eleven pick again. I think I can see some. Some playing time for him in Baltimore, despite all the moves that they've made at wide receiver this year. Uh, one other draft, just only a couple of picks one point oh eight. Christian Kirk three twelve took Edmonds again, so he's Chase Edmonds has become uh, a target of mine in that late third round or fourth round range. So I like that. that. I can't, that can't
1: believe shelf kind of, fell that far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, we're gonna get into these rankings. We'll talk about where they're going, where they should go, and maybe where you can get them, uh, Michelle and all the other players that are in our top twelve. Before we do,
1: I was thinking about telling everybody about our friends at Harry's. How would that Let's be? Do it. Anyone that's listening to us has certainly heard about Harry's. I've told you this story many, many times. But I used to be an electric razor only guy, and I shave every day. I'm kind of particular about it. But it was never as close as it used to be when I used to do blades. And then Harry's became a sponsor of an old podcast I've done. And I've probably been on a million podcasts. And I got hooked. And I still get that close shave. But I don't get the bumps and the razor burn and all the, the problems I have with sensitive skin. So I am totally hooked on Harry's. I think you absolutely should try it as well. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades. But they know that switching razors is not an easy decision. You know, Trust me. This is worth it, though. So they created this trial offer for you, and this is what you do. You claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. I think it's all caps. I don't know that it matters, but put the all caps in there anyways and make sure you get it. Um, Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew they had a great shave comes down to great blades, made of sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought a factory, and it's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world now for over 95 years, and I think they've perfected it. By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at prices much lower than that at the leading brand. It's just $2 a blade as compared to $4 or more. Quality guarantee if you don't love your shave. Let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. So here's the trial offer. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a weighted, fantastic handle, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel that smells phenomenal, and a travel blade cover. So, listeners to our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show.
0: All right, Matt, before we get into these rookie running backs, let's take a rookie, rookie running backs and receivers. I should say, let's take a, just another quick look at this Mark Ingram situation since it's happening uh, just really live as we're recording here on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Where do you have Ingram ranked right now in your dynasty rankings? And could you see yourself uh, adjusting that based on this four game suspension? Yeah, and
1: again, this is very new on our minds, but the first thing I thought when it, when we started talking about it was, this guy is, qu- I don't know if in the doghouse is the right term, but he's had some rocky times in his career with Sean Payton, and I wonder if they look at this now and say, you're in the doghouse and we're not happy with you, and maybe we won't bring you back after this year, or maybe we'll look to trade you during the preseason if a guy gets hurt, or... I don't know. I mean, but I also have been doing these State of the Saints. Every team I've, I've done on my website, I've gone into, and this isn't fantasy related, but I've gone into real depth, like 2,000 words on every team. And when I wrote up the Saints, I looked at them and thought, wow, they're even better than I thought. They might be the best team in the league. So I think they're in it to win it, and Ingram helps them. And this year, maybe it even keeps them fresher for late in the year. But in terms of dynasty ranks, I have him 18 in the running back list, or 19 on the running back list. I have Jay Ajayi, 17. I have Aaron Jones, 18, who I'm really high on, but I don't know the Ty Montgomery switching positions now. And I have Tevin Coleman, 20, to give you a frame of reference.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point on just the Saints, how the Saints might handle this. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen this team do this, and I don't know if it's Sean Payton, I don't I don't know exactly how it keeps playing out. Obviously, we don't know the behind-the-scenes issues, but what what we do what we've seen happen time after time really is a player either get in trouble or complain, and that player's gone pretty soon. We mm-hmm. saw we saw it with Jimmy Graham, uh, who was certainly not viewed as a as an off-field issue, but uh, he wanted more targets. He wanted this long-term contract. Instead, they shipped him to Seattle. We saw it with Brandon cooks, obviously. Uh, and then Willie Sneed this time last year, a little bit later in the off season, this surprise news of, uh, of, of a suspension and a DUI arrest. And then he basically plays a very small role throughout the season and they let him go for nothing this season. So I think exactly what you said, we could see play out that this this team basically tries to phase out Mark Ingram or, or simply is ready to move on from him. In my dynasty rankings, this is before this news, I had him as my running back 21. Some of the players directly behind him are certainly going to jump him. I think this is enough. Tevin Coleman, some of the rookies that we're going to talk about today, Ronald Jones, on Johnson, Royce Freeman, uh, the guys you mentioned, Ajay and Aaron Jones, both of those are behind him in my rankings. I could see myself moving him outside of the top 25 running backs just based on on this news and, and not just the four games, but the long-term impact that it might have. Yeah,
1: I think that's well said. And I think I should note that I just put Coleman ahead of him. So I have Ingram at 20, but I haven't incorporated the rookies yet. And there's easily going to be five rookies I'll put ahead of him, if not more which will lead us into our rookie ranks. Um, before we do that, though, I just wanted to bring one thing up with you in terms of NFL news. CJ Anderson signs with Carolina yesterday. Yep. I like that a lot
0: for him. I do as well. I thought that was a good spot. I actually kind of uh – took a stab stab in the in the dark and and uh, mentioned that on Twitter after they didn't draft a running back that I thought he would be a good fit in in Carolina and that's how it played out. Uh, I still love Christian McCaffrey. I don't think there's mm-hmm. any really any value impact certainly in dynasty leagues when it comes to McCaffrey. I, I think he's going to be what he was last year and more. Uh, I think he sees more more carries, maybe a lot more carries. Uh, he was he was also already seeing some some goal line work surprisingly uh, and and some red zone work both as a as a runner and a receiver uh, and we know about what he can do as a pass catcher out of the backfield so I'm not I'm not worried about McCaffrey at all if anybody else is worried about McCaffrey in their league I'll I'll gladly buy him up um, I didn't I, change I, his
1: value at all either but no, I bumped up no. Anderson
0: yeah I think it's 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 a good uh, landing spot for for Anderson uh you know at this at this point almost anywhere is a good landing spot for a guy like that uh a, a veteran but I'm I'm not viewing him really as a long-term option I, I don't know what the contract was but one year deal yeah yeah I was going to say it, w- it wouldn't be surprising if he uh, were only were only there for one year uh lastly back to the Saints thing Mike Clay uh, a VSPN, our buddy who we've had on a couple times, always great this time of year with the projections. And he has this one out quickly. He's changed his Saints projections. Alvin Kamara, he now has uh, projected for over 1,500 total yards, 11 touchdowns. That would make him the running back five in PPR. And uh, Mark Ingram, he still has uh, for just almost a 1,000 total yards seven touchdowns. That makes him the running back 27. So he, he still certainly sees a big role for Ingram uh, once he comes back from that suspension.
1: Last thing I just want to mention on that is I had Kamara at four in my dynasty ranks at running back. Before this, I don't think this is enough for, to put him over David Johnson, Elliott, or Gurley. But for redraft, Gur- Kamara went got spiked for me.
0: Yeah, I think I said earlier I had him four. Now that I'm look, or I had him three. Now that I'm looking, I do have him four behind the player we want to talk about right now, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Uh, I, I think this is safe to say Barkley is going to be the number one player in both of our uh, rookie rankings. Is that correct,
1: Matt? Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, I haven't incorporated the rookies into my veteran draft. I'm going to do that this this week.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll talk rookie rankings. Barkley. I, I've never seen. I mean, we've had Ezekiel Elliott, who had great success as a rookie, and, and uh, really so many from that class last year, including McCaffrey and Kamara and so many of these others. But I've never seen a situation like Barkley coming in and, and dominating, specifically, rookie drafts. Uh, I, I ask... The other day on Twitter, if there were, if anybody could show me a, a rookie draft where he didn't go one point oh one, the only the only real response I got were a couple of drafts where the same person had one one and one two. So <laughs> that doesn't count. You, you know, just to just to be cute, they took <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they took Barkley second, but uh, you could pay him less that way. Yeah, yeah that must be the case. <laughs> I, I mean, essentially, I haven't seen, and and I track dozens or more rookie drafts. I haven't seen a rookie draft where he didn't legitimately go as the top player off the board. And and I just can't remember ever a case where there was that dominant of a 1.01 pick. Uh, and now we've seen him as a uh, a top 10, if not a top five overall player in, in dynasty startup drafts. So um, certainly sky high expectations for Barkley if you're taking a rookie from the Giants who haven't had a successful running game in close to 10 years, really, if you're taking him with a top 10 dynasty startup pick, can he, can he even return that value? Do you feel good about that pick?
1: Yeah, because he's such a good receiver, you know, that I think, and they drafted Will Hernandez, a massive mauling guard. I like the landing spot a lot. Um, Just to go back a couple things, to what you were saying. I haven't been doing this as long as you and Dynasty, but from what I recall, I don't remember anyone not taking Zeke at one one. I mean, am I wrong about that?
0: No, I mean there there were some there were some cases where people were still on on Treadwell and well
1: yeah, I guess you're right about that.
0: Yeah and.
1: and- that sounds uh, fort- foolish, right? Fortunately,
0: now. I yeah. <laughs> well, we know we were both big fans. I yeah. was I was very stubborn to move uh, Elliot up to my top ranked rookie back then. Um, I, I did finally do that when we saw the draft play out and 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 saw the other things that happened in that pre-draft process. But yeah, the only the only one I can remember, and I don't have the data on it uh, as far as ADP Reggie Bush. So. Uh. what years and years ago uh, i was i remember doing a startup draft and in fact matt i think it was hyperactive too uh which you didn't participate in the startup Mm -mm. draft uh you're in the league now I, i think it was hyperactive too that somebody took reggie bush as the first overall player wow and there were there were other cases uh of that, of him going first overall in startup drafts. So certainly he had the hype. Maybe maybe he would be our last example of that dominant of a rookie and, and that much of a gap between himself and, and the rest of the group. So I, I've said this on Twitter. To me, it's Barkley obviously in a tier of his own. And then I think the rest of the players that we're going to talk about today, from two all the way down to 12, you can v- virtually view – all in one tier. Uh, I, I think <laughs> you can make an argument for a variety of different orders. And there's probably a couple players that we'll get to down in that 10, 11, 12 range that that you won't see go one, two, or one, three. But but in general, just very little value gap, very little separation between these next 11 players in my opinion, and I want to hear how it plays out for you. My second player, second ranked player, my 1.02 is Darius Geis. Who is yours, Matt? Mine is mine is
1: as well. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think there'll be a lot And the Michelle example we talked about at the beginning of the show is a perfect example. You know, I have him three and he fell in the two drafts that we both talked about. I do think there will be, not a consensus rank from two to 15 or so. And, you know, a lot of guys will be moved all over on a lot of different boards and we'll see a lot of different rookie drafts, kind of like we talked about earlier in the show, but I'm pretty confident Geisa too, uh, because I do think he is receiving skills. His off the field stuff that supposedly he fell for are things like he's addicted to video games. He's a little immature, but th- they don't, diminish me as a player or on my dynasty team I don't think he's gonna get suspended or anything like that and that's a really good offensive line he's behind
0: yeah so I mean uh, of course Geis was really among the players that was that was kind of the talk of the draft at least the second day of the draft most of us expected him to be the second or maybe the third running back off the board he was the seventh running back drafted he fell late in the second round he landed in a spot that uh, some people had projected he would go, of course, Washington, but people thought first it might, people thought it might be that first round, not their late second round pick. So the Redskins scoop him up. I, I think that that feels like a good landing spot to me. i'm not I'm not worried about Samaj P. Ryan. I'm not worried about Rob Kelly. Uh, I am a little worried about Chris Thompson though. We've already heard we've already heard uh, the the coaching staff there talk about viewing guys as a two down back and that Thompson will see a lot of third down action, which makes sense given his breakout of last season. So you mentioned guys and some receiving skills. Does the, the possibility of him only being a two down back make you doubt your, your second ranking there?
1: Yeah, a little bit, because I, I do think Thompson is a very good player. I think he's a very Alex Smith-friendly player, you know, dumping it to him, dumping it to Jordan Reed, Crowder. I think those guys are going to get a lot of targets this year. But I do think it's also noteworthy that Chris Thompson gets hurt a lot.
0: Yeah, well, he he certainly had a big injury last year, and that was his first shot at extensive playing time. Um, For me, these these three running backs that we're going to talk about in my ranks, I know yours are different. You've already given us a little bit of a spoiler on those. But these three backs are also closely ranked. I've changed. I've changed my ranking several times. Um, I've had the chance to move up in in different drafts to acquire guys for multiple later first round picks, and and I haven't pulled the trigger. Hmm. So that goes back to my mindset of of viewing these ten or eleven players really in in the same tier. Do I want to give up? The, the seven and the 10 picks so I can have the two. I really don't. I, I, I'm just not – I'm not motivated. I'd rather uh, take two shots on on guys later in the draft. Uh, let's move – you think it's
1: safe to say that most years Geis would not be the second pick in the draft, in a rookie draft? That there's stronger, more sure thing number two overall rookie picks than him most years because of the questions and the receiving and the drop in the draft –
0: I mean, I, I think I think there's those questions this year. Um th- you know well, just which, look
1: at last year, Fournette and all those guys that went high. I'd take all of them over Geis, what yeah. I know Geis now as opposed to them a year ago.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. He he typically if you're saying that though, which I do kind of agree with, then it, it makes me second guess my ranking of him as, as two overall this year because I think we've got some very talented players. Uh, Matt Waldman told us uh, that he thought this was the best running back class he'd ever scouted. Uh, there's some wide receivers with first round draft capital that landed in what I think are, are pretty strong landing spots. So again, I, I've gone back and forth on these rankings. I do have Geis as my number two right now. Um, if you want to tell me that, he's your four or five or six. I'm not going to argue too much. Honestly. Uh, my number three guy, we already know yours is Sony Michelle. Mine is his former teammate, Nick Chubb. So Michelle we know was taken, uh, with that late first round pick of the, uh, new England Patriots, Nick Chubb drafted early in the second round by the Browns. I kind of, I kind of saw that pick coming. I, I, I hate it, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not a great landing spot,
0: right? I, I I don't think it's a great landing spot. Obviously, some competition there with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. Uh, really, I, I and it's come from a selfish perspective because I, I wanted Chubb to land in a good spot. I it's it's less about any kind of fandom or allegiance to the Browns, but it just seemed like a bad pick at that point for them. Um, it it was almost a pick that where they got a little too cute adding up and piling up these offensive assets when they still have needs on defense. They still have needs on, uh, I think their offensive line is viewed as, as one of the strongest, but that's a position where you can, you can never have enough depth. And so, I mean, they had, they had needs around all around the team almost. And they add a third running back to, to this backfield. Um, I just didn't get to pick. I thought they could have gone elsewhere. In the end, for me, though, I think Chubb's more talented than Carlos Hyde. I know you're a, a bit of a fan of Hyde. He's never done much to impress me. He's had some health and injury issues. And we know Duke Johnson is going to be the pass catcher there. Kind of similar to the guy's situation with Thompson. Duke Johnson worries me more than, than Hyde does for Chubb's prospects.
1: And I think Duke's a guy you can pick up on the cheap right now and still pay off because they're going to be still, yeah, they're going to be a better team, but they're not going to be blowing teams out in the fourth quarter. I mean, I still think Duke Johnson is going to be highly relevant for a while. Um, I hear you on Chubb. I think you made very, very good points. And I like him a lot as a player. I wish my favorite team would have got him. I like him more than Hyde as a runner. I don't like the landing spot. I don't like the Browns draft overall. I, I don't think that they had a lot of clarity with what they were doing. I agree with you that they're not in the situation to take a luxury pick in an, ex, in an extra back, especially with the status of their defense. Um, Chubb is my number six, and I have Michelle at three because I think Michelle is going to be Deion Lewis. And I think Gillisley and or Jeremy Hill won't make the team maybe michelle even falls into the uh the goal line situation although i bet that's burkhead but for them to use a first round pick on a back i think they have big plans in a great offense
0: yeah i'm i'm still a big uh, sony michelle fan as well i was happy really happy to get him with that eighth pick as i as i mentioned earlier um some i think are scared off you know we heard the bone on bone Uh, Uh issue just a a day or two before the draft that that's kind of in the back of our minds i think and then uh, some people i think are just worried about this new england backfield that is is always a committee attack i don't think that's going to change but i also know that they haven't invested this much into a running back in in what 10 years so Lawrence Maroney, yeah, I mean, Lawrence I, Maroney. Yeah. If you're talking draft capital, uh, they took a shot on Corey Dillon I, uh, years and years ago. I don't think that was a big contract, but uh, we saw him become uh, a major factor for them and and for fantasy teams. So to me, it's it's as simple as Michelle's the most talented player on that team, um, and, and I think kind of the cream will rise to the top. Really, really, the same thing with. Uh, my view of of Nick Chubb,
1: Michelle. There's two big factors with Michelle too: is excellent in protection, which goes a long way in this this situation. But he's a fumbler, and I could see Belichick. He could end up in Belichick's doghouse quickly if that happens. What number do you have Michelle at?
0: I have Michelle at six. So you okay. you and I, I, I have Chubb at six, right? You and I have <laughs> Chubb and Michelle flip flopped um, again for me at least. There's there's not a ton, not a huge gap between. Uh, even three and six who's your number four player my man Ronald Jones I'm coming back around i mean, okay
1: sometimes I think you have to say we don't know as much as even all of our wonderful running back guests nobody liked him the NFL liked him and drafted him pretty darn high and I think his situation is awesome I think he is the best situation of any of these guys I mean I could make an argument for others there including Chubb and I don't feel super strong that he's number four, but I'd like him to produce right this minute.
0: Yeah. He, uh, I, I, I was looking forward to talking to you about Ronald Jones. I, I, you know, I gave you a hard time about drafting him over and over and, <laughs> yeah. and he was the trendy guy to hate on as the draft approached. And yeah, I thought, I thought you might be a little vindicated after that Tampa Bay landing spot. Uh, and, and that, that second round, uh, second round draft capital he was the fifth running back drafted overall 38th overall to the bucks we know the Tampa situation of course Doug Martin is long gone now um, the the starter there that uh, that I, I guess we can say Jones is going to. to take over for or is almost has take over for.
1: Barber. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I couldn't even remember his name. That's, that's how bad it is. Peyton.
1: Rogers Jacques Rogers is the other one. And that, that's why I like it. I
0: mean, there's just nothing in his way. I, th- I think there's a few, there's a few situations like that. Uh, and, and Jones probably landed in the best spot of, of any of these running backs. And, they and signed
1: a center to big money. You know, right. I
0: think that situation's good. It's, it's hard not to like him. Now, if you had some of these knocks pre-draft, Those, those don't go away. Um, So, so maybe, maybe Barber becomes a sleeper pickup because he's, he's certainly going to be available now. Now that Jones is there.
1: Where did you have Jones and who do you have it for?
0: Yeah. So for me, I have, I have Jones quite a bit lower. Actually I have him 10th overall. Wow, I've got a, a group of running backs down there that I have some questions on. And, and and honestly, ranking him tenth that that basically just means uh, Jones is not going to end up on any of my teams this year. Mm-hmm. And he's he is going to go before the ten pick. Uh, I've seen him go as high as second or third. So I think the the consensus or the community, if you if you will, are more in line with your ranking having him as four. Yeah, I, I still just have those questions. I don't know that he can make that transition to the NFL, e- even in this plum landing spot. You know, we did this with Samaj P. Ryan last year. We talked about him on our uh, episode with Graham Barfield. We we talked about P. Ryan that that great landing spot. It looked like last year with 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 no competition, and he still was not successful. So, yeah, but uh, he was
1: a third or fourth round pick, and Jones was an early second.
0: That that's true. That's fair. Yeah. I, I guess. I'm just saying with Jones and a couple of these other guys I don't want to get too wrapped up in landing spot. I don't want that to affect my rankings too much. now personally I had Jones outside of the top 12 pre-draft so um, you have to obviously you have to account for that both the draft capital and the landing spot are on his side and uh, and that moves him up into my top 10. and like I said if you want to take him I f- I think four is to too high there's two guys I like at, at four and five that that we could talk about but if you want to take him as high as six I have him 10 no argument I, I I don't see a ton of difference between players in that range the, the player I, I,
1: if I was on the clock though, at four and Barkley Geis and Michelle were gone I'd try to get the six or so because I think you can because it wouldn't change my it wouldn't I wouldn't lose my mind if somebody took him. you know, where I was at four. I'd like to move back if I'm sitting there at four and those three are gone.
0: Yeah, that, that comes down to tears again. Mm-hmm. And th- there's different ways to view that. One, if you love Ronald Jones and you've got the 1.04, don't think you can move down and take him at 10 where I have him ranked or that you can take him right. e- even at six or seven. Just take him because if that's the guy you want – you can't assume in this draft class with such little separation from two to 12, uh, that, that any of these players are going to fall. I've, I've made some picks. I talked about taking Christian Kirk at eight. I made that pick and, and got a couple of comments about uh, reaching for a player. That's, that might be the case, but I'm, I was not going to assume he could fall. He was the player I liked best at that point. Um, and, and that's, that's just how I view this large tier here. Uh, the player I had for overall was Richard Penny. Again, mm-hmm. we said Darius Geis was the talk of the second day, maybe for, uh, for Dynasty players. The talk of the first day was Richard Penny. We expected him to be a second or maybe even a third-round pick. The Chargers take him 27 overall. The second running back drafted. They they made some comments after the draft that they considered taking him as high as 18 overall before they traded down. Uh, The general manager there also alluded to some trade offers that they had already gotten for Rashard Penny. I'm not sure. I believe that. I've I've never seen anything like that where you draft a player. Yeah, you draft a player and then get a trade offer. So I kind of think he was trying to make himself feel better about that pick. Maybe like I was doing with my Christian Kirk pick, uh, <laughs> but Penny Penny is the surprise pick in the first round, and that that vaults his his stock quite a bit. Uh, I think he was already in that range. It was it, it was guys and Chubb and uh, and Michelle and Penny. I think for most people, um, with, with some of these other running backs, including Jones, a little further down, again the landing spot the draft capital, the landing spot is maybe the interesting conversation. He, he certainly is going to have the opportunity, but that Seattle team seems like kind of a team in transition.
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a long year for the Seattle. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't say they're rebuilding, but they're, they're just dumping they're getting rid some, of all their old guys, right? They're dumping some of their veterans. Obviously uh, their offensive line is not good. Hasn't been good for a couple of years. They haven't had a good running game since, uh Marshawn Lynch hung up his cleats. Uh I think I think there's reasons to question Penny for me, though. Uh the pass catching ability. I, I know some have even questioned that. I think that's a strength of Penny. I uh, I don't get the the questions there. Um the pass blocking is a concern, though. We heard uh Elliot Chris say he's the worst pass blocker he's ever scouted or ever watched film of. That's that's a concern. For me, though, he's in that group with guys and Chubb. Those are the three running backs that I've been um, kicking around, and and really with all three of these running backs, I feel like I've maybe said more bad than good, and and I guess that's why I'm I've been passing on these opportunities to trade up into the top top three or four picks.
1: Yeah, and I have him next on my list, so I'm, it's a pretty thin line between him and Jones, and. Russell Wilson led the Steam in rushing last year yeah. and they didn't have a running back rush for more than 223 yards last year. That's hard to believe
0: that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's so really, low. That's, that's two really games. rough. Really yeah. rough. That's, so there is
1: a door wide open and they use the first round pick on the guy. I just don't love the player. Um, I don't love the situation. I could see the pro sizes and Carson's and all those other guys eating into his workload. Maybe they're totally dedicated to him and they're going to run the offense through him. And again, I have them five. I don't have him far off. I just don't right. love the player.
0: I don't yeah, love we, Jones either. We talked about um, coach Gruden already calling Darius Guy say two down back. It's different in Seattle. They've already labeled Penny as their three down back. Uh, they do see a pass catching role for him, as I mentioned, uh, along with every everything else. I disagree with you. I'm, I'm not worried about CJ ProSize or Chris Carson. If you were somehow lucky enough to sell Chris Carson before this good on you, I had a couple of shares and couldn't really even give them away. And that's, that's what I'm going to have to do now. I'm not sure any of those other players are worth a roster spot. I think we'll just, I I think we'll see a ton of Rashard Penny this year for better or worse. Um, so I, I've talked to so your four, right? He he is my four. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about all of my
1: top six. Okay. A, so, okay.
0: So let's, let's run through those really quickly. Let's kind of recap the top six. Again, we're going to try to talk about the top 12 players in each of our rankings today. And, and we're going to have to pick it up to get to all of them. Mm-hmm. Your top six looks like Saquon Barkley, guys, Sony, Michelle, Ronald Jones, Rashard Penny, and Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, Again, clearly um, impacted by the NFL draft. Jones moving up, I would imagine. Penny moving up. Uh, and maybe at least uh, Nick Chubb moving down a little bit. My top six, we've talked about most of these players, except for one, Barkley, Geist, Chubb, Penny. My number five overall player, my first wide receiver, is DJ Moore. I've got him at five. I've, I've seen and heard a lot of people say that the top eight or nine Picks in a rookie draft should be just all running backs, and, and I get that. Um, we've got some, some good landing spots and, and some of that surprising draft capital for Jones uh, and, and Penny and some of these other players that we'll get to. But for me, I, I think Moore stands out in this wide receiver class. He's, he's pretty easily my wide receiver one. And I would I would take him over Michelle. In fact, I did take him over Michelle in a draft just yesterday.
1: Yeah, and and I'm like you, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I've changed my rookie ranks a hundred times. And unfortunately, people, probably when you listen to this, I'll probably made another change. You know, like I keep staring at these and moving these guys around because they are so similar. And more I have at seven, but at one point I had him at four. But my one concern. And mostly I don't have a concern. I like the landing spot, but they just signed re just resigned signed Greg Olson to a two-year deal that's basically a real two-year deal. He's gonna get that money and they like him. Funchess is still there. They have some other receivers that are kind of in the mix, but McCaffrey's gonna catch a lot of balls. And I don't know that DJ Moore's gonna be a eighty-90 reception guy for a year or two.
0: Yeah, it it's funny. I've I've seen and heard cases. <laughs> that seem well thought out, and that I respect. That are from people I respect, including Matt Harmon. That go both ways. Um, yeah, right. I can know make that, a strong argument either way. That Moore could instantly lead that team in targets. That he's more talented than Funchess, and uh, and uh, on the other hand, some people say he's he's going to be behind Funches, behind Olsen, behind Matt McCaffrey, and he's he's going to be the fourth option in the passing game. And, and I don't want him. So both of those. <laughs> it would be somewhere in between probably. Uh, yeah, both of those, uh, again, do make some sense. To me, it's kind of a case like we were talking about with the running backs. I simply think he's more talented than Devin Funches. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Carolina does as well. They they, they spent a first-round pick on him and made him the first wide receiver off the board. And, Funchess is a free agent after the year. Yeah. Well, Funches is, is going to be a, a, a interesting player to watch this year. We saw the big season um, this past year, but uh, up until then he had given them basically nothing. And I think they, I think they used a second round pick on him. Mm-hmm. So this it is needs
1: to be expensive after this year. To keep. Well,
0: it, it depends, right? If DJ Moore comes in and is the wide receiver one from day one, then.
1: True. Then but I bet somebody be some pays receiver. Funchess a lot. If he hits the open market, as much as receivers just got in the open market, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a hairy situation. It could turn out great.
0: All right, so that covers both of our top six players. Um, that gets you down to seven, where you mm-hmm. had DJ Moore. I actually have.
1: I bet Kirk is next. For
0: you. I do. I have Christian yep. Kirk next at seven. I already mentioned being a fan of him. I love the landing spot in Arizona. Uh, they they had to add some some wide receivers. To that team, um, they lost both John Brown and and uh, Jeron Brown after last season. Uh, I'm not sure that's much of a loss, but it, they at least needed some bodies. I think Kirk could could easily come in and and be the the second guy there behind Fitzgerald. And there's certainly not a better receiver in the league to learn from for a rookie than Larry Fitzgerald, uh, even if it is just one year left in his career. We'll see how that goes, but uh, Christian Kirk taken by the Arizona Cardinals in the second round. He was the fifth wide receiver drafted uh, behind DJ Moore and a couple of these other players that we will get to, but um, I I love the pairing. I love what the Cardinals did pairing Kirk and Josh Rosen, their first round pick. Uh, I I think both of those guys could be uh, real valuable dynasty assets for years to come. I
1: agree with everything you said on Kirk. Love the landing spot. I think he could be the number two receiver. Well, maybe Dave Johnson, but I think he could be the number two wide receiver immediately. Learning from Larry is perfect. Maybe eventually take over for him is great. And him and Rosen, I think, can, you know, harmonize for years and grow in this league together. And in the meantime, I think Bradford could throw to him fine. You know, um, I just happen to have Royce Freeman and on Johnson ahead of him. So I have Kirk 10 but I could easily be convinced that he's eight.
0: All right. So that uh, now that gets us out uh, through our top seven. I have Kirk there. You have uh, DJ Moore there that we already talked about. So you have six straight running backs before you move to the wide receiver position. And let's talk about our eighth ranked player for me again, that might be a surprise. It's another receiver, but it's Calvin Ridley. Um, I've spent, as I said earlier, a lot of the offseason complaining about his age and his size, his, his frame and his BMI, And, and he lands in the first round as we knew he, he would. I love the landing spot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he pushes Sanu to the slot basically yes. full time. And, and again, we're, we're talking about learning from a receiver. Uh, if it's not, Uh, Larry Fitzgerald to two Leo Jones. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what Ridley can do. If, if you've got a win now team, and this is what I ended up doing in one of the leagues I mentioned earlier, I was sitting at 11. I looked at my rankings and I had Cortland Sutton and then I had Calvin Ridley. And I just, I just couldn't pull that trigger. And that, you know, when you get on the clock and you're, and you're really making these moves for your own team, that, that's really when you know you need to make some changes to your rankings. So I did that. I, I switched those players in my rankings, and I took Ridley on that team that, that is a win-now team. And I, I just felt like he could make an impact both in the NFL and on my dynasty roster m- much quicker than Sutton.
1: Again, I agree with everything. I mean, I have Freeman and Johnson ahead of Kirk and Ridley, but I don't feel super strong about it um having this conversation with you I might make that switch you know to make more my seven Kirk my eight Ridley my nine I thought I was rich on Ridley because I had him 15 or so and moved him all the way up to 11 maybe he should keep moving I don't love the player you know pre-draft I wasn't enamored with him you know like you said but landing spots great they just locked up Matt Ryan to a crazy rich contract Julio might not be there forever. Sanu they can move on from and really make him the number two. And I do think Sanu's going to the slot. I, I you know, in a dome. You know, I, I like him.
0: All right. So you've got Ridley 11 overall. That means you have Royce Freeman, number eight. Yeah. On Johnson, number nine. You already talked about Kirk at 10. Do you have Cortland Sutton at 12?
1: I do. And then okay. Anthony Miller at 13.
0: All right. So I really feel like... It, This 12, the top 12 is the top 12 that you're going to see in the large majority of drafts. Uh, And just to run through my order, I also have Sutton, I'll I'll go backwards. I also have Sutton at 12, just like you. I've got uh, Royce Freeman at 11, Ronald Jones 10, we mentioned that already, and then carry on Johnson at nine. All three of those running backs, Johnson, Jones, and Freeman are players that I had some questions about Entering the draft, I think I, I, I like the draft capital and the landing spot that we continue to go back to. I like it for all three of those guys. That bumps them up, but I'm still preferring the long term assets of uh, players. I've used as long term assets in Kirk and Ridley ahead of them, and I, I've I've gone back to the two through twelve tier quite a bit. I've seen Carryon Johnson go in the top five. I've seen. Ronald Jones, of course, go in the top five. I I don't think you can make a case for Sutton.
1: No, not where he's at right now.
0: In the top, maybe not even in the top 10. Maybe he's locked in at that 11, 12, 10, 11, 12 range. Maybe there's
1: an 11 player tier.
0: Right. Maybe it's, maybe it's two through 11. I know. uh, And I recognize I'm higher on Kirk than, than most. Uh, I think you're going to see. Uh, you'll see Ridley, Johnson, Jones, and Freeman all go ahead of Kirk in, in the majority of drafts. But but that's kind of what our rankings are looking like right now. So uh, we agree with Barkley and Geis at the top. We're going running back heavy after that with some order of Chubb, Penny, Michelle, and Jones – uh DJ Moore, we agree that he's the wide receiver one, whether you want to pick him fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in that range. And then you're gonna see the next tier of running backs: Freeman, Carry on, uh, and the next tier of wide receivers as well, with Kirk, Ridley, and Sutton. And then I think if there's one player jumping into this, you mentioned Anthony Miller is your 13th. We're gonna go deeper into our uh rookie rankings on our next episode and look at those, those next 12. I think the consensus might say it's Michael Gallup though, uh, mm. who could jump ahead of Sutton situation. Into, into that top 12. Yeah. Based on situation there looking like he could be the wide receiver one for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah. And I can understand that. And last note, I just want to wrap this up, but Royce Freeman at eight carry on Johnson at nine they're a coin flip to me. I, I think they have their warts. I like their situation. They both catch the ball. They both could be short yardage. They could easily be their number ones, but they're not wonderful players. You know, I, I imagine you feel pretty much the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. L- let's do this and, and we'll close it out here. Take Saquon Barkley out of it. If there's one player you would like to come away with Michelle. in every single draft, who is it? Michelle. It's, it's Sony Michelle. Okay. So you can base that on, you might just say it's your second ranked player. You can base it on value. I think, I, I think I would say, wow. I'd say Kirk. I'm, I'm tempted. I've got For Kirk, what you have to pay for these guys. I right. mean, Kirk, yeah. Michelle, Chubb. Those are the three names that are standing out to me. Maybe that means I need to take. Yet another look at my rankings and mix them up. Uh, I am so
1: disregard this whole podcast, these are all going to change.
0: Well, they are, they are going to change, <laughs> certainly, as as we get more information about this and as we second and third and fourth guess ourselves. But I, I love this conversation because it does make me take a deeper look. <clears throat> I was saying the two through 12 tier is all the same, that's not the case. Nobody's taking Sutton at two. Nobody's even taking Sutton at five or six. So we no got to take
1: Ridley at two either.
0: Right. So or
1: carry on or
0: Royce. So I think if you're looking for a, a community tier, that second tier is going to include guys, Chubb, Penny,
1: Michelle, Michelle, more and maybe. More in,
0: yeah. And I think Jones would be in there. Although he, again, he's my 10th ranked player. Mm-hmm. He's going in that, in that tier. So now you've got a tier From two to seven, guys, Chubb, Michelle, Penny, Moore, and Jones. So maybe the next tier, eight through 12, Kirk, Ridley, Sutton, on Johnson, and Royce Freeman.
1: And I just moved Kirk to eight and Freeman to nine and Johnson to the 10 as you're speaking.
0: All right. I'll always Always be changing these rankings. That's right. I, I mentioned on Twitter the other day, can't stop changing rankings and it's true <laughs> every time i look at them i make some changes that shows the the depth of this class that shows the uh, just the little separation between these players but we do have we do have some new tiers at least right two through i two think through seven but they're not as firm a tiers as often as the case right so we can say a, a tier of one a tier from two to seven and a third tier from eight to 12. Yes. And great. we're going to wrap it and end it on that note, Matt, on our next episode, we're going even deeper. We're going to look at our next round of rookie rankings and that's where, over it, the place that's where it gets really fuzzy. We agreed on the 12 players today. That's, that's the good news. I bet that won't be the case next time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more dynasty blueprint.